It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast with Dennis and uh, Brady. And we're going to bring in uh, Port Huron Area School District Superintendent Jamie Kane in uh, just a moment so that we uh, actually have a credible voice <clears throat> on the show for the first time and maybe ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a little better than us just yelling back and forth about this because we can only say so much, so we might as well get some someone who's directly in this fight, directly uh, dealing with all this, and has been very outspoken supporting the athletes in this area. So it's going to be nice to get a different per- an insider's perspective besides us just sitting out there and basically looking through a, a window. All right, so uh, we're not going to waste time. We're going to get uh, right to it. So uh, strap in. Tri-County Equipment is your local John Deere dealer. With 10 locations in southeastern Michigan, Tri-County Equipment can help you get the equipment you need. From tractors to ATVs, from snowblowers to used equipment, Tri-County Equipment is your one-stop shop. Right now, Tri-County Equipment is offering free home delivery on select John Deere models. For a full list, visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Tri-County Equipment with 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 Two five zero seventy five twenty. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, replace them with Anderson windows. With low E-glass, low-maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes, they can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Oh. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. Hey guys, Brady Bean here for TP Logos in Marysville. Located across from Walt Braun Viking Stadium, TP Logos has the area's largest selection of in-stock school spirit wear, corporate wear, and construction company gear. They do custom embroidery, custom screen printing, and are the fastest growing uniform sublimation company in Michigan. Visit tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including things like Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. They're open weekdays 8.30 to 4.30 or by appointment. Don't wait weeks for your gear. You'll get it in days with TP Logos. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. 
Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. Dura Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Dura Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Dura Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, you're back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady, and uh, Jamie Kane joins us. Um, he is the superintendent of Port Huron Area School District. You've also been in Marysville, right? That's correct. So you've been around. Been around. You you kind of yeah. know what's what's going on. You you're more directly involved in this um, than uh, than us. And uh, well, Brady's a hothead. Hmm. Uh, I've been pretty calm about the whole thing, which is surprising. <laughs> Usually, well, you're the name. I told one. you, I'm getting older, and I can only control what I can control. Um, but but this time around, and I've been very supportive of uh, the governor and of the idea that protecting kids' health comes first. But it all made sense to me, the other delays. This delay seems more political to me. They're not giving us numbers. And, no, I mean, I'm not the smartest guy on earth, but I use common sense. That That's kind of my life philosophy is common sense. And you can't tell me all the things that are open are safer than, you know, the, the, the kids playing a basketball game. You, you just can't tell me that. So, at any rate, Let's bring in the voice of reason, and, and, and Jamie, your take on all of this, and, and what can you tell us about the situation? Yeah, so, you know, before I came on this morning, I made a promise to myself I wouldn't uh, go into a rage, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I would first of all start by saying, you know, we've had a good working relationship with the governor and her office. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't understand what's going on right now. Just like the rest of you and, their, and our general public, our parents, our students, we have no clear understanding of why another delay. And so I think when you look at just the progression of where this has gone from last spring, where some of our athletes in the Port Huron schools had their basketball season abruptly ended while they're still playing mm-hmm. the state tournament. Um, kids lost their spring sports. I think everybody understood at that point that was necessary. Mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, people were hurt and heartbroken. We had to comfort our kids. We had to rally around and put our arms around them. But I think everybody understood we were fighting something that was unknown. Uh, how serious was this virus? What were the ramifications? And so that was a smart pause. Um, you know, and then once we start looking at fall sports, okay, so we're going to delay football. Okay, I don't know if I even really at that point could come out and pound the table and say that's not a smart decision. Because even then there were still unknowns. Correct. I mean, that's at that point it was only, what, five months into this whole thing? Right. And vaccines seemed like it was a, a thing that was year forever away. Yeah, a couple of years away. Yeah, yeah, vaccines seem like something that might happen eventually mm-hmm. by the time our current seniors maybe are leaving college. I mean, at that time, you know, how quickly can you truly produce a safe vaccine? Well, now we know different, but... 
And, you know, in obviously the nature of football, it is the contact sport. Right. Every play, there is contact with almost everyone on that field. So, okay, we get that. So, thankfully, we got to a point where after the football delay, our kids were able to play football. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We had we had some startups and stops. Uh, unfortunately for us in the Port Huron schools, Port Huron Northern, mm-hmm. scheduled for their very first game, they had to pause. But the difference there is they had to pause because the virus interfered. Mm-hmm. Politics didn't interfere. Right. And, I, and I think that's the crux of the frustration right now is now we have the data coming in. So what I can share is this, that the governor's office, and I don't think this is giving away anything that's not meant for public consumption. The governor's office ultimately allowed football, volleyball playoffs to resume because she wanted a sample group. She wanted a test group for her rapid testing protocols. Okay. So ultimately she wanted to see how well that could go. And could we make that widespread going forward, not only for sports, but for school employees and, you know, first-line workers, would this be a good model to implement? So the data's in on that. Right. And, I, and this is, again, I know you guys have talked about this, but I think this is important to share and, and reinforce. 99.8% of those tests came back negative of those student-athletes that were in that program. And, you know, there were 200 school districts that were part of that mm-hmm. rapid testing and 99.8% of those tests came back negative, okay? So the data proved that the rapid testing worked, and it also speaks volumes to the fact that COVID is not spreading or being, uh, you know, people aren't uh, contracting this virus in the athletic arena. Right. It's just not happening. And I remember a conversation I had with a local coach uh, before football started. They go, best thing that's happening is they're not testing because all these kids could be asymptomatic, and that was a big concern Again, you say 99.8, and that's under just under, what, 30,000 tests given. Right. So you have that, and then you have this data, okay? The positivity rate is down. Cases have decreased by 72% since November, mm-hmm. okay? 72%. There are only 9.2% of hospital beds right now that are occupied related to COVID issues. We also know that youth are not even really on the dashboard for the state because the concerns with youth and COVID, the science says that most young people that get this virus are going to be sick for a while and recover Mm -hmm. rather quickly. And I don't think we're seeing any discrepancies, certainly in respect to our students that might have compromised health, Mm -hmm. or maybe they didn't know they had compromised health and then this virus hits them and they discover there was something underlying medically wise. You know, that's a concern. But something else happened, I think, that's causing a lot of this outrage. The governor came out and really urged all public schools in the state of Michigan to return to -to face-to-face instruction by March 1. Mm -hmm. In fact, it was going to be an earlier date. So when you return to -to face-to-face instruction by March 1, and you're looking at now vaccinations being in play, you're looking at um, the rapid testing that should be in play, you expect and we expect in the education community that all of the things on the table for our students will be back in play, mm-hmm. especially sports and extracurriculars. So right now, as you know, you know, for those that say, well, you know, why the, why the focus on sports? Well, because every other extracurricular is a go. Mm-hmm. Our students that are devoted to drama, 
they're practicing right now for their play that will come up later in, in the winter and early spring. And great for them. They're able to use their passion and put their hard work and energy into what they want to do outside of the classroom. Our student athletes in contact sports, and I would argue basketball is really not a true contact sport. There's some contact mm -hmm. in basketball. We all know this. Basketball is a game of movement. Right. It's a game of movement. So what percentage of a basketball game is there really contact? Not, not nearly like football. Mm -hmm. Wrestling, maybe that's a different conversation. But for hockey, I don't even understand how we mm -hmm. talk about hockey not being played. The right kids now. are already wearing facial well, protection yeah, cages. Like you can it, make the. Yeah, it, yeah. it would be glass. very, very simple yeah. to make a, a, a mask to go in the cage or even some of what they wear already. Or just wear would a be mask because there's yeah. no contact with the face. Yeah. Yeah, so all that to say, it doesn't make sense. And the problem is this, and you guys have talked about it on your podcast before. We're not getting clarity from the, mm -hmm. the State Department of Health and Human Services. We're not getting clarity from the governor. And for anyone who thinks the governor no, no longer has the authority in this, people don't understand how her powers work and what she oversees. She oversees and ultimately directs the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. So her executive orders were revoked. They were removed. Okay, whether you believe that should have happened or not is irrelevant. The Health and Human Services Department is ultimately under her watch. And so she does have the ability to say to them, allow these contact sports and allow them now. And we're not getting anything but, you know, vague data. The latest response from the Health and Human Services Department essentially is saying, you know, in other states, there have been concerns. Okay, but other states are playing. And I think that this is no longer, if people believe that this was a Republican versus Democrat political battle, the interesting thing is your democratically controlled and led states now are resuming contact sports. Right. It's happening. So this is a bipartisan issue now. This is not, you know, a Democratic governor staying strong because her Democratic counterparts have stayed strong in other places of, of the country. Mm -hmm. So all that leads us to what you guys have been talking about, our public's been talking about, frustration. And, you know, how does this impact an average high school athlete? You know, I think we have to remember that these kids commit themselves to something bigger than themselves. They commit themselves to daily being conditioned, mm -hmm. growing their game, and Brady, you know this, year-round. Yes. This is not about kids that decide to pick up a ball and start dribbling in November to get ready for the basketball season. Right. This is about kids that are working on their game year-round. In fact, your multi-sport athletes, I give them all the credit in the world because they're working, in many cases, on three sports all year-round. Right. I mean, I'll it, reference your senior class at Port here on High right now. This group is a culmination that's been coming on since – they were in seventh and eighth grade that they've been growing together, and this was their coup de gras. And you saw what happened on the football field. Basketball, they have, a, again, a class that has grown, and they, they've been waiting for this moment. They've taken their bumps, and they've learned the way they have for this opportunity to have their final senior season together. 
Yeah, and, and they deserve that. I mean, I think we have to not underestimate. We all remember our senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. We all can, no matter your age, you can, if you say, tell me about your senior year in the high school, an 85-year-old man's going to glow and he's going to mm-hmm. express happiness because it's a great highlight of our life. And we're depriving kids now of something that we have no data to prove they should be deprived of. And that's my greatest concern right now is, you know, why are these kids losing out when there's no data to support it? And they should not be pawns in a political agenda. Mm-hmm. They should not be part of someone's either, either there's just a lack of interest and this is just not a priority on the governor's radar, or it's just a coldness to high school sports. And I want to believe that it's just not a priority for her, and that's where we have to, and you're seeing it, athletes, coaches, administrators, anyone who cares about our youth, they're using their voice, and they're trying to influence for common sense, which is Mm -hmm. open things back up and open it up back as soon as possible. Because all across our state right now, right here in Port Huron, right here in the county, all of our athletes daily are still training and working. And our right. coaches, I give our coaches all the credit in the world. How do you continue to motivate young men and women to stay focused and stay hungry when they in their heart believe there's not a season coming? Right. Yeah. And especially with the back and forth. I mean, you talk about, I mean, how do you have the conversation for the sixth time? I mean, we talked, I mean, Cardinal Mooney's coach, Mike McAndrews, told us how heartbreaking it was to tell him before watching film for a district final last year that your season's done. It's over. And now he's had to tell him how many times to delay it, thinking they had another really solid group back. That, I mean, we can talk about and that. We, in the we, next we were segment. discussing it, too, that even, even if the 21st they say everything's a go, there's not a whole lot they can get done in a winter sports season if they're starting on the 21st. There really is. And not, I, not unless they want to push the spring sports into July. Well, and, and there's there's the and you guys understand this too. I mean, now you're putting our student athletes in a terrible spot. You're asking them to choose in many cases between finishing a high school season that's abbreviated or choosing some of their travel sports, mm-hmm. um, choosing their spring sports. You know, some of our kids are going to face the dilemma. You know, all kids that play high school sports, it's just like the classroom. You have kids there for different reasons. You have those kids in the, those sports that are highly motivated. They've worked hard. They've been gifted, and they're going to play at the next level. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the kids that work hard, and they're really solid, strong high school athletes. They're great contributors to their mm-hmm. team. And then you have the kids that play a role. And, and those kids that play a role in that end of the bench are just as important at, to that team chemistry and being a part of something bigger than themselves. So the high school athletic experience is a benefit to every type of student that walks our hallways. And no matter the role in the team, it's harmful. But when you look at those kids that are looking to move beyond the high school experience, that's where there's real danger in all of this because those kids now are facing a real dilemma this spring especially our kids that are, you know, juniors going into senior year. For basketball, that's a very important showcase time, as mm-hmm. we know, you know, for our kids to, you know, be exposed to the, the colleges and to get that exposure for their hard work. So some of our kids are going to be forced this spring to have to pick between do I focus on my basketball per se uh, or my volleyball, whatever it might be, for exposure for the next level um, – at the expense of not being with my high school teammates and friends competing in a spring sport. And our kids shouldn't have to pick. They shouldn't be put in this dilemma. But the longer we delay this and the more this happens, um, you know, our kids are going to be facing even more difficult decisions. So the complexity factor just ratchets up. 
All right, we're going to take a break, but we'll be back with more. Jamie Kane, superintendent of Port Huron Area School District, uh, joining us on the program today. Tri-County Equipment is your local John Deere dealer. With 10 locations in southeastern Michigan, Tri-County Equipment can help you get the equipment you need. From tractors to ATVs, from snowblowers to used equipment, Tri-County Equipment is your one-stop shop. Right now, Tri-County Equipment is offering free home delivery on select John Deere models. For a full list, visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Tri-County Equipment with 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. The City of Marysville continues to strive to be a great place to visit, a better place to live, and a great place to open a business. Go to our City of Marysville webpage at cityofmarysvillemi.com to find employment opportunities, business assistance, learn about our outstanding Marysville public school system, or just book a round of golf at Marysville Golf Course. Marysville, a great place to visit, a better place to live, and a great place to open a business. And remember, the sun always shines in Marysville. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Um, Port Huron Area School District uh, Superintendent Jamie Kane is our guest on the podcast today with uh, Dennis and Brady. And uh, let's just uh, kind of pick up where we, we were kind of rambling during the breaks. See, I... If, if we didn't have to play commercials, that's the best part of the show. Yeah. 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 Sometimes the off-air conversations are better, but we can't put them on the air. Um, but, no, it's just talking about this latest 
extension to the pause, whatever we originally thought it was going to be three weeks. That was two months ago now. Um, I want to ask you about the response, I guess, from the Department of Health and Human Services and the issues we had with it. Um, I'm sure you've read it. They talked about data from August and September as to why we can't play here in January. They talked about 42 outbreaks associated with athletics, which includes professional sports, collegiate sports, and commercial venues. Um, they mention a variant, but apparently the variant only applies to high school sports. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on their, the Health and Human Services response? Yeah, bluntly, it's, it's, it's lunacy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, it, it appears they're reaching for any data metric they can find that might remotely fit a narrative that they want to promote. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, you know, it just continues to fuel the fire and frustration of 60,000 athletes around the state and their families and loved ones in their community who don't understand. It, you know, it would have been nice to have heard something early this week. We're working with the Michigan High School Athletic Association. We hear your voices. We're going to try to figure something out. But instead, they doubled down on data points mm-hmm. that were outdated and that were far-reaching and don't apply locally. So it just creates a sense of mistrust in government. It creates a sense in mistrust that you don't really want to value and work with us. You want to just continue to double down on a narrative and stick with it. And you'll find any data point that you think might be applicable to make that narrative continue. Well, you talk about not working with the MHSAA. One of the things I yelled about uh, a couple podcasts ago is, you announce that this delay happens and the MHSA finds out right before they start their biggest event of the year with the state football finals at Ford Field. You have a press conference at 9.30. Their first game kicks off at 10, and that's how they find out the governing board of high school athletics. That doesn't tell me that they want to work in conjunction and try to make this work. No, in my opinion, that was either a brutally cold and tactful, intentional response mm-hmm. to do that when they knew their focus was on Ford Field and, and those kids playing high school sports, which was ironic in itself because as much as I loved watching those kids get to compete and complete their seasons, this state was really being contradictory because now you're allowing contact sport in the highest in Ford Field, which is indoors, but you're saying basketball can't take place. Right. You're saying hockey can't take place. So the double standard was there. But I'm glad our high school kids got what they want. It's either it was intentionally cold and just brutally evil, or it was just a complete indifference in lack of, uh, you know, lack of attention to high school sports. And, and I think that's what we're all trying to figure out. And I, you know, we don't have those answers yet. Um, you know, I've been working and we have a good contact in the governor's office and, you know, and I've hosted the governor in Port Huron schools before. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, you know, she's been a, a good advocate for public schools and mm-hmm. for students. On this topic, we just don't understand because we're not being told, we're not getting any sound bites from her, her people, her department. They're just doubling down. And so, you know, the frustration is only going to continue to rise. You know the rally's planned this Saturday, the Let Us Play rally. Those folks, you know, they really thought their work was done once football came back. And I think that's another piece. We all kind of thought, okay, the gate's open, football's back, you're taking these precautions, winter sports will happen. I just don't think people thought winter sports were going to be a non-go. And right. so they're ramping back up. It shouldn't have to come to high school kids and their, and their families and their coaches standing together in Lansing this Saturday to get this done. So we've got the state of the state tonight, right, at 7 p.m. And I know the governor's got a lot bigger things on her plate than high school sports. 
However, I would really hope tonight there's some mention at all uh, about you know how she's going to work with our Michigan High School Athletic Association, how she's going to work with us as superintendents to address this issue. Uh, I'm not holding my breath, right. but I'm hopeful. Let's let's kind of sidetrack here for just a, a second, and let's talk about to, to the people who say, "Well, school is about grades and education. Why is high school uh, athletics so important for high school, and and how?" Is it an effective way to actually get kids to get better grades? Yeah, and I, and I think that is such an important piece, Dennis, is that we always encourage kids to find a niche. They have to have something beyond academics. Uh, there are so there's so much data and so many studies out there. If you look at the you know the model of education that takes that's taken place in Asia for years, for example, mm-hmm. a concept called cram school. It's very prominent in Japan and China. Uh, these kids, to make a long story short, they spend their entire day in school, and then they spend three hours a night cramming to pass exams. These one-size-fit-all exams that determine their place in life. Well, all the data overwhelmingly shows that when kids only focus on academics and doing well on assessments, uh, their social-emotional well-being goes into the toilet. And the suicide rates in those Asian countries where those kids were exposed only to academics and the pressure was so intense for academics is astounding some of the highest in the world. And so that model has been studied as a a, a what not to do. And so the Asian school systems have looked to the American school system to try to create more balance, to try to introduce a more balanced liberal education, a liberal arts education. For our listeners, you might say, what do you mean liberal? No, liberal arts. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but it shows, to me, it's a danger. And so that's what we ultimately now run the risk of in our country during a pandemic and coming out of it is only focusing on the academics. Well, let's remember that the majority of our kids have been stuck in front of a computer screen trying to learn. Teachers are doing their best, but they're not getting the socialization. Mm-hmm. They're not a part of something bigger than themselves. Uh, and that's huge. And so... You know, I can go back as early as my days as a teacher and a coach, the number of kids that I saw start to care about their academics, frankly, because they were a part of a sports team or start to care about their academics because they were part of the band or the drama club. Okay, so for anyone who thinks school is just about academics, I think we take ourselves too seriously at times, even within our own profession. Mm -hmm. Academics are critical. But everything that goes with the academics is what the kids are really looking forward to. And the powerful motivation of knowing you get to go to your basketball practice and compete, or you get to go to band practice at 6 Mm a.m., which you think about our band students, because that's the other piece is, well, why is it just about sports always? It's not. The only thing right now that's being taken from our kids is sports. That's why we're making the big deal about sports right now at this moment. Our other extracurriculars are full goal, but our kids need to have something beyond the academic experience for their high school experience to be meaningful and relevant and for them to excel and move forward. You know, and I know you've both been athletes. You've got family that have been coaches and athletes. You know, we all know the stories of those kids that sports saved their lives, literally, and it set them up for success. I mean, I could share story after story of kids that I didn't know where they were going to go. And you, you look them up now on social media, and some of them are you know, in really high leadership roles. They're very successful in what they're doing because sports teaches discipline, work ethic, co- collaboration, cooperation, conflict management, all of those pieces that come into play. So when people say, well, why is it important? It's critical 
because academics can't be the only thing that schools do. There has to be those extra pieces for our students to be a part of and embrace, and that accelerates their involvement in those academics. Yeah, and, and again, it's, it's a motivational thing, too. Um, I know when I was a kid, I knew I had to pass that math test or I couldn't play hockey Saturday night. Mm-hmm. You bet. I want to play hockey Saturday night. You're darn right. I'm going to study for that math test, and I'm going to get a passing grade on it. Well, but, I mean, you also talk about the, the, the impact it has. I can tell you n- many teammates I had at Wayne State would not have even thought about college had it not been for football. Came from some of some of the worst neighborhoods in the Midwest. Um, one kid, one I remember one player, I think he was a senior when I was a sophomore, told a story about how he saw someone get shot and killed on the street for the first time when he was like 12 years old. And he found and he found football. He was able to go on to Wayne State. Now he has a degree, very successful. So I mean, th- again, those are kind of the, the lesser cases. But even like you said, Dennis, the people that just get passing grades. We've had coaches come on here and tell us they want to have their kids do every sport because teachers see when they're in a sport, their grades are better because they have that thing to care. They want to play the game Saturday night. Yeah. They, they want to have athletes in their classroom because they know the, that they're going to study. Yeah, there, there has to be a motivation for kids. Let's be honest, you know, uh, we've all had to learn with some of our tests, assignments, projects in school, no matter the level, you just have to suck it up and do it. You just have to do it. So what motive, there has to be a motivation. And if kids can't find an internal motivation to do something, if there's no carrot at the end of that, no reward at the end of that, then we run the risk of kids dropping out of school, academic suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got a lot of cases. We could, it's a whole other segment we could do, but, you know, kids right now are fragile emotionally, uh, mentally, and some kids that were, you know, highly motivated to be 4.0 students last year have lost some of that fire in that in that desire. And, and they're not maybe failing, but they're, they've let up because the, the question becomes to them, what's the point? Mm-hmm. You know, why am I doing this? You know, I've had conversations with some students who are like, well, why wouldn't I just, you know, start taking online college classes and just forget about high school? If I can't play sports, maybe I just, it's time for me to move on. And that breaks my heart because I get where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. They're bright kids. They see this is a dead end maybe now, so I've got to move forward. Yeah, kids aren't dumb. No. They, they, they understand what's going on, and, and they figure out loopholes and everything. I'm sure you figured that out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're not dumb. They know what's going on in front of them. They're not sheep that just go to class and try to regurgitate information. Yeah, no, I've always said if you really want to know, you know, how things are going, good or bad in a school, go talk mm-hmm. to kids for a few minutes. You know, you're going to get the best, honest feedback, that, mm-hmm. you know, of anyone, and they get it. And so, and that's the other part, like, where the common sense comes in. If you let them play high school sports, you can control it better. You can make sure that they're following the protocol, that they're wearing masks, that they're doing the things that, that they need to do to stay as healthy as we can. Whereas if you're going to deny it, well – you get these groups of people that okay, we'll just go out of state. Yeah, we'll leave Michigan. We'll go play basketball down in Indiana and Ohio, and maybe it won't be policed as well. And who knows what happens then? Yeah, and I think that's part of our frustration too uh, in the education community is we have mitigating strategies in place. We have safety protocols, and we take that very seriously. And uh, the safest place for our kids to play any type of sports is in our high school gymnasiums with our high school teams under the guidance and care of our coaches and athletic directors. They assure those protocols are being met. 
And it feels like every coach, athlete has conceded all those measures. We'll play with masks. We'll, we'll disinfect the ball. We'll, do, we'll have the center spot the ball in football. We'll have multiple volleyballs rotating it. They'll make it work. We'll do it with no fans. We'll figure it out. We just want to play. They'll give up all these safety measures. They're not saying it has to be normal. We don't need to see a packed gym at a high school to watch a game. No, they just want to be able to play and compete. Yeah, you're right. I know a kid who has an allergy to wearing a mask that will wear the mask every day and their face becomes inflamed. And they don't care because they get to do what they love. I've had kids say to me, if I get COVID, it's worth it to me. I'd rather have the chance and be sick for a while with COVID than be denied the chance to play. And and some might take that statement and say, oh my gosh, you're not protecting kids. Well, there's a level of protection and there's a level of risk. And I think that's the thing that people have to look at with this is we're going to have to take calculated risks for the benefit of our kids' sanity and their mental health and their well-being. And when our kids are willing to do that, and by the way, sports are voluntary. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that I've been really championing behind the scenes is our kids and our parents voluntarily are agreeing to do this. We as a school district aren't telling kids, you have to be in an extracurricular. Oh, by the way, you have to get a sport, you know, play on a sports team to graduate. Right. This is all strictly voluntary. And our parents and our kids have weighed the risk and overwhelmingly they want to be a part of it. And those that can't, we understand. And those that don't want to, we respect that. But overwhelmingly, in Port Huron and St. Clair County in the state of Michigan, our kids and parents see the risk, understand it's minimal, and are willing to take that. Yeah. it's. I mean, you said it better than I think we have <laughs> the last two podcasts we've tried, to, yeah. three podcasts we've we, tried we, to talk We've about. been trying to say that, but uh, it doesn't always <laughs> come out uh, that eloquently. Usually a little more anger and fuming and... Desk well, pounding from you. Yeah, well, you know, I, I tried to not drink as much coffee this morning before I came on, gentlemen. So, uh, you know, okay, we're we're gonna do another segment, but uh, we're gonna play some uh, commercials, and then we'll be right back with Jamie Kane, who is the uh, superintendent of Port Huron Area School District. Buying or selling a home, you need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs, who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost forty years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series Shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark Shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark Shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit 
visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. When today is unpredictable, staying focused on your long-term financial goals matters more than ever. Count on your Ameriprise advisor for personalized, goal-based advice to help you navigate now and stay on track for tomorrow. Call Ameriprise financial advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. TP Logos in Marysville has the area's largest selection of in-stock school spirit wear, corporate wear, and construction company gear. They do custom embroidery and custom screen printing and are the fastest growing uniform sublimation company in Michigan. Visit tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. They're open weekdays, 830 to 430, or by appointment. Don't wait weeks for your gear. TP Logos will have it in days. Located across from Walt Braun Viking Stadium in Marysville. For full-service residential and commercial network installation and management, you need Andrew Thompson at Thompson Engineering. Thompson Engineering will install and maintain long and short-range point-to-point links, install security cameras, access controls, and provide audio-video engineering. Visit online at thompson-engineering.com or call them at 810-221-1667. That's 810-221-1667. Thompson Engineering, network and radio solutions that work. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. And you're back with uh, Dennis and Brady and Jamie Kane, the superintendent of uh, the Port Huron Area School District, who, by the way, uh, thank you with, with all the, the stuff that uh, was going on back in September. Brady and I weren't even sure people were going to let us in to uh, cover the games. Um, and uh, um, Port Huron Area School District, uh, Jillian, and I don't want to butcher Jillian's last name, so I'm not going to say it. And, uh, of course, uh, Jason over at Port Huron Northern, uh, Kasparian, the ADs, everybody right away said, get stuck on sports.com. You, you better get your tail over here to Memorial Stadium be, because they're not going to let fans in or they're only going to let some fans in. And, yeah, we want you there, so we appreciate that. Well, it's it's the least we can do. You guys are you guys are advocates and a voice that is desperately needed in this community, which is to talk about, promote, celebrate, advocate for our high school athletes. You know, a day and age where the local newspaper has been reduced to nothing, mm-hmm. uh, in a day and age where you know you're just not getting the coverage. You're you have a niche here in that you're working to highlight the hard work and efforts of our high school athletes, and that will always matter in local communities. It will always be important. So I applaud you guys for your efforts. I know right now it's frustrating. You, you, you gear up and you're doing all this legwork to figure out your schedule, where you're going to go cover, who you're going to support, and all gets pulled out from underneath you as well. Uh, but you are definitely a voice, uh, voices that we need in this community. So I wish you guys nothing but the best. Well, thank you. And you talk about frustration. And, you know, at the start of this pause, we were, we were disappointed more than frustrated. We understood, like I said, Go back and listen to those podcasts from mid-late November. We understood, but we figured out a way to get it. And I think we all kind of thought, okay, we'll start at in the beginning of January. We'll get through the holidays. We'll get these numbers to come down a bit, and we'll start at the beginning of January. And I don't think anyone would have complained had that been the case, but now we're almost a month later, and there's no end in sight. Yeah, it's, it's, I think that was the, the final punch in the gut. 
it was just, you know, or kick in the groin or whatever you want to say. It's just nobody expected this latest delay. Mm-hmm. Everyone felt, especially again, going back to the, the push to reopen our schools and, you know, the supports would be there. You know, when you hear those things, and again, within the education community, we had no indication uh, this pause was coming. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the High School Athletic Association didn't, as we've talked about. So I just think the, the, the fury and the frustration has reached that tipping point. And all we can hope for uh, with the pressure that's being put on, with the people that are standing up and, and you know, trying to advocate for our student athletes, healthy pressure is there. We, we can only hope that our governor responds to it. Well, And that, I want to ask you this, football kind of came back out of nowhere. I don't think anyone was expecting on that Thursday for it to be announced. Do you, I mean, did you have any inkling before that happened that that was going to happen? Or were you was that completely out of the blue, caught you off guard? We had an idea it might happen, but certainly we, didn't, we were just pleasantly surprised like everyone else when it happened. Okay. So it was like, oh, great, it's back. But, you know, I think the, the, the proper amount of pressure was applied mm-hmm. to really move toward that. And, and I think that's what ultimately, you know, swayed that to happen. But again, you know, the governor then looked at, um, you know, and I'm talking about now resuming for the playoffs push mm-hmm. because they could get the rapid testing in place. So back earlier in the fall, you know, there was pressure, there was voices. That was a pleasant surprise for us. We thought maybe, but we had really no sense it was going to happen you know, we were internally telling our coaches to be ready to break the bad news mm-hmm. and it's not going on. And ironically, you know, um, keep in shape and, and look forward to your winter sports season. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and there were several times I looked at Brady and said, you, you know they're not finishing football. It's done. They, oh, they, we can't. Thought, yeah. they can't play football in January. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. We thought that it had to finish by the new year. Surely we can't play football in January. Right, then, we see, then we see, you know, stadiums where they cleared the snow and let football right. play in January. So, so yes. I mean, they made it work, and then, uh, yeah, there's – yeah, I just don't get it. And then you had the pilot testing program, which you mentioned a couple segments ago, to get that data. And when the data is so overwhelmingly good, and even the, the MHSA director, Mark Ewell, says – it can't get much better than 99.8. It's not 90% where you can say, well, 1 in 10, everyone on a, on a basketball team is going to have someone test positive. 99.8% negative. You can't get much closer to a zero number than that. Correct. And if the goal is to try to get the zero, our, 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 our society is doomed. It will never happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, herd immunity maybe will happen at some point. I'm not a doctor, but, you know, everything that I read, all the people that I talk to that are physicians, that are health experts, you know, will happen. It depends. There's so many factors in that. And then you bring in the variants. So, but the risk is minimized. I mean, again, I, 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 I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm beating the dead horse here, but our governor came out and actually said to us, uh, you know, that school is safer than being in the community. So how do we think that a controlled environment of five on five on the basketball court or, you know, hockey lines movement in a hockey arena, uh, how do we think that that controlled environment isn't safe for our kids when the data shows it is and we're not taking into account the mental health? There's just so much here. Uh, We can only hope that, you know, we get an answer soon uh, because, you know, as we talked about a few segments ago, at some point we've just ran out of time to have a winter sports mm. season. 
And, uh, you know, we, we need answers now, and we don't have them yet. Well, you mentioned mental health. I can tell you I'm not even playing <laughs> sports. And I have gone – the last month has just been a roller coaster for me, getting excited for Marine City Franklin. It gets delayed again. And then we think it's playing, and then it's not, and now delay again. And I've experienced every emotion in the book. I'm not even the one playing the sports. You're the ones that are, you're the one interacting with these kids and these coaches. How are they doing? How are they able to handle this start stop roller coaster ride? Yeah, it's uh, it's it depends on the individual. You know, personalities handle things differently. Mm. The resiliency, though, overall has been remarkable. I mean, I give our coaches and our athletes uh, so much credit. They've been so resilient. Uh, they have. You know, they're, they're, they're conditioned, and you know this as an athlete, they're conditioned for success and failure. And, and you know, they're able to process that and then move on. Uh, and so they've shown incredible resiliency. But at what point do they hit their breaking point? And I think that depends on the individual. Some have privately, certainly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think about our coaches. They've got to be that strong adult. Yeah. You know, and, and it's really hard. And we're not holding our coaches um, – how do I say this? Uh, whatever they say to their kids is okay with us. Yeah. Because they've got to be real. And, yeah. You know, talking about kids being intelligent, kids are very intelligent. Teenagers are young adults. Our coaches need to be as real as possible with them about mm-hmm. what this is and what it isn't. And, uh, you know, that's for them to talk about in their, in their actual team community. Uh, we're just trying to support them the best we can. But, you know, it's frustrating for where we sit is uh, we, we don't have any ability to do anything other than try to influence. We're trying to break through a political wall. Right. You know, and, and that's all we're trying to do is we're trying to break through the political wall. And a lot of times you break through the political wall by applying logic and pressure, and it just amps itself up. Uh, there's a lot of people behind the scenes fighting for that same thing. So that's where I get optimism. If you're going to say, are you optimistic at all? I think there's a glimmer of hope in the volume of people that have picked up this fight. It's just a matter of, if we'll get it done in the right amount of time mm-hmm. to allow the seasons to take place. Yeah, because that's, that's my big thing again. Like, well, of course, I said they won't play football in January, and we ended up playing football in January. But if we're waiting till the 21st, let's just say best-case scenario on the 21st, I say everything's a go. You, you know this, Brady. It, it doesn't give them enough time. you got five weeks to play a winter sports season. Yeah, That's usually and, three, four months long. And – Playoffs alone, like sped up to the maximum, playoffs alone are going to take three weeks. Right. So you're going to have a two-week regular season and then play your playoffs. Or you're going to delay a a spring sports season, which was outright canceled last year, and now you have to weigh that. And, Jamie, you mentioned it about pushing it to the spring. Kids have to make decisions. It almost feels like – And the other part of the the schedule is that uh, there are – natural school breaks right. that occur at certain points of the year and some of this would we'd be right in the middle of March madness during spring break and it feels like it's just a waiting game in Lansing that if they just wait long enough there's oh well, all right it's back but oh well you can't play it at this point well that is the danger right the danger is you know oh you know we're gonna let it come back oh wait we don't have enough time and so again if there is a political motivation to try to pacify that's the danger, right? Oh, well, hey, we were going to let it come back. Oh, well, the High School Athletic Association, you can't make it work in three weeks? Oh, well, then we, we said you could, but no. So, you know, we're, we're trying to 
cut through the political chase, if you will, here. And, and it's really hard to do right now, guys. And, uh, you know, do they delay spring sports? I mean, do we have a softball in, in baseball districts on the 4th of July? We can watch fireworks mm-hmm. and, and then play ball, you know. But you're right, it runs into a ton of logistics. How many kids are going to stick around for that? You know, it's it's summertime. You know, it's it, there's so many issues here. Uh, the other thing is, you know, even when you try to put out a condensed basketball schedule, you know, health and safety of our athletes becomes a bigger issue than COVID. Right. I mean, that's something we haven't talked about is, you know, these kids have a higher risk of, you know, having harm done to them just by playing the sport than they do from COVID on the court right now or on the ice. We know that basketball, hockey, our contact sports, injuries are part of the game. Uh, I don't know a kid that doesn't come home after a practice or a game that's sore, you know, and it's always the old adage, well, are you hurt or are you injured, right? Mm-hmm. Because you play hurt, you know, yeah. as a football player, you play hurt, but are you injured? And, and again, that's part of that resiliency of our athletes. But, uh, you know, when you try to put three or four games in one week, that's a lot of wear and tear on a right. body. Uh, and so that, ha- you know, talk about coaches' challenges. Well, what do you do? Do you run your normal starting five every game? Uh, you know, you right. gotta, load, I mean, load management becomes a high school, you know, yeah. you know, uh, you know do not play tonight for, right. you know, uh, I could name some of our athletes, but, you know, right. do not play tonight for that person because we need to manage your load. I mean, these are the, the, the crazy challenges our coaches are facing is even if you get a season, you've got three or four games in a week. How are you managing right. that? And, you know, it, it, the dynamics could go on and on. But I think that anyone and everyone involved would say we'd welcome that challenge. Just let us play. Mm-hmm. Just let us play. Yeah. Uh, again, frustration is the, the big one for me. Just I'm at that point where I was along with it. I was along with it as long as we're talking about health and safety. But then the, the, this last time, or they're, they're giving me numbers that aren't numbers. and Right. And it's, just, it's frustrating when they come out in a press conference. Tell me conference. the truth. That's right. all I want. I just want to be told the truth. You come out in a press conference, and the first 20 minutes is, these numbers are like this. These numbers are like that. Boom, this number's down. Very specific data points. Hey, what about contact sports? Oh, we'll watch the numbers. And, you know, there was a variant in Washtenaw County, and I don't know. We'll see. And vague all of a sudden. That's the frustrating <laughs> part. Yeah. They need to play. We'll pause if we have to pause. We can't control when COVID hits and when it doesn't hit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've got examples of that where we've had to delay. We've had to take pauses. Games were canceled. Those are all part of it. But, again, people will accept that. Right. They will accept we had to not play our game tonight because we had positive cases on our team versus you just can't play. Right. I mean, you guys did and, it poorly. And, and, and if, we, if we wait for it to be completely gone, we're never going to play again. Yeah, because the reality of it is not everybody's going to get vaccinated. COVID is always going to be a thing for the rest of our lives. Absolutely. So it's no, I think you've done a great job talking about all the different points and all the different angles, really, that it's not just, hey, we want to see how good the PH girls are this year. We want to see Brian Jamison play at Port here on Northern. It's so much bigger than that. And you did a better job than I think we ever could have of detailing that and explaining that. Well, it's, it's my pleasure to come on and join you guys. Uh, like I said, you guys got a great thing going here, and I appreciate your strong voice for our high school athletes. All right. Um, thank you, Jamie Kane. Uh, and uh, Brady and I will uh, will continue to because we've got nothing else that we can do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but Friday's show, I think, is going to be interesting as well. Hopefully we have good news by then, but who knows at this point. 
All right. Uh, and uh, and again, uh, we'll be back uh, with another edition of the uh, Get Stuck on Sports Tri-County Equipment podcast on uh, Friday. And again, thanks to Jamie Kane, Superintendent of Port Huron Area School District. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.